So we are recollecting the life of the Buddha, recollecting the birth, enlightenment, and parinibbana of the Buddha, and that we call Bhutana Sati, Sati being recollection or mindfulness or, or recollecting the qualities of the Buddha and what the Buddha might mean to you. So yesterday and this morning, I was just looking at the Buddha image in my own in my own kuti in my own room. And just allowing that image to uh, bring forth whatever it wants to bring forth. And what it brought forth for me was obviously a huge sense of gratitude. Because living as a bhikkhu, I get the benefit of the Buddhist genius on living in community. Because there's something very unique about this lifestyle that, that the monks with the Buddha at that time developed. And then other teachers over the millennia including our teachers Ajahn Chah and Ajahn Sumedho, uh, taught us how to live as community. And it's a very, very rare thing. So as a bhikkhu, not only do I have the, the Dhamma, but I also have the Vinaya. You know, I have these, these two to work with. And so as I was looking at, at the Buddha image, this great sense of, of, of uh, gratitude for having a lifestyle and having a teaching, which is so significant for me and others, and then also just that, that the Bhikkhu Sangha and the Bhikkhuni Sangha, the Siladhara Sangha, these different monastic Sanghas that exist, we are not hermits. You know, we're not, we're not in a forest by ourselves. We depend on you. We, tend, we depend on lay people. And that's a kind of brilliant thing too, is that the Buddha saw that in the time of India and always, there will be hermits who want to live on their own. And if you're a meditator, usually you want to live on your own. You don't want to live with people. But I think the Buddha's genius was that he saw, no, we are human beings. And there's something very important about living together and learning together in this way. So our life is one, a life of sharing. You, you, you help us to live. We try to share the place, the Dhamma, the situation, the teaching, and so on. So this is, this is a kind of the genius of the Buddha. It made it such it wasn't just a monastic community. It was a lay community involved too. So we have this possibility here because of the Buddha. So for each for each of you, I, I would suggest you do that sometime, that you just look at your Buddha Rupa. If you don't have one, come and I'll give you one. <laughs> but look at the Buddha Rupa and don't look at it artistically. You know, you can look at uh, uh, a, a sculpture artistically and say, oh, I, like, I like the color, I don't like the color. I wish it was a different posture, but that's that's just our art, isn't it? That's art appreciation. But symbology, symbology is something the Buddha awakens you to something. The Buddha image awakens you to something. So for me, in the morning reflection, I just it awakened, and it's there m most of the time, really. This sense of of gratitude, but also a sense of awe. I mean, who was this man? He was a man. He wasn't a deva. Because right? he taught devas. So it was a man. It was a human being. And his spiritual genius, his enlightenment, his hard work, and then 45 years of teaching created this. You know, that we are here now because of his brilliance and his compassion and, and, and his wisdom. And I don't know, what, like I've been a monk for, we've been monastics for over 40 years. And what I've seen interesting is the development of Buddhist ideas in modern psychology. So in modern psychology and medicine, you have the ideas of mindfulness. And mindfulness is very, very popular. 
um, so much so that they call it mindfulness, <laughs> which is, a, I won't go there. Um, but mindfulness has become very, very popular as a kind of therapy, but for us there's something even more profound. And the more profound is that the Buddha did realize enlightenment. It's a mystery to us, but we as monastics, we ordained for that realization. We, are, we ordained for the realization of, of Nibbana. And the Buddha said, for those who are diligent, anyone could do it. If you're diligent, you could do it. So it's a very, when you think about the Buddha's enlightenment and his, and his recommendation that this is something we can realize, it's very optimistic. You know, we live in a very pessimistic time. You know, the world is melting, right? And, and we'll all probably be dead tomorrow. I mean, this is, <laughs> when you read the press, it's very, very frightening and depressing. And, and there's a lot of political things that are, can be very depressing. And if we keep reading that, <laughs> we get frightened and depressed. We have to be informed. But also, if you look at the Buddhas, if you look, if you look away from politics and at some point, I mean, we have to regard politics, we have to regard economics, we have to think about climate warming and so on and so forth. But if that's the only thing we think about, life is very, very negative. But if you look at a Buddha image and you think, well, there is enlightenment, there's freedom from suffering, there's an end to rebirth, there's a path, there's the Dhamma, then that gives you, uh, at least for me, it gives me a sense of, of optimism and uplift, that there is something I can do in the midst of difficulties that our, our cultures have and our planet has, which isn't to dismiss social justice issues or issues of climate warming, but to see there is a, there is a spiritual dimension to our lives. And this is what the Buddha's enlightenment was pointing to. But he said, we have to do it. He says, like, I can't, I can't do the magic wand on you. I'm sorry. Now, I wish that could happen. You know, I wish that I could, uh, I wish Lompa Cha would have said, boing, you're enlightened. <laughs> my, my dad, no? It doesn't exist that way. Lompa Cha, if you would ask Lompa Cha, uh, am, I, am I getting close to enlightenment? He would look at you, see, are you getting close to enlightenment? He'd ask you, he wouldn't tell you, he wouldn't tell you anything. So we have to figure this out for ourselves. So it's a very mature, very, very mature practice. But one of the things I think that really helps in the, in the practice of Dhamma is to, to, to remember that the, the Buddha said, when you see the Dhamma, you see me. When you see me, you see the Dhamma. So the more we, we, we incline to truth, to awareness, to sila samadhi panya, the more we're seeing the Buddha. We're seeing what that actually, actually means for us. And, and in, on a day like this, we have a chance to share a meal and to share these ideas in this, in this good environment. Um, so do, do allow, like, I love shrines. You know, I, I love shrines and flowers and pictures of my teachers and all manner of Buddhists. Uh, and I love, I love art, artistic imagery that way because what it can do, it can remind me of that because there is beauty in the world. So do, do try to develop that. I would suggest that most of us have shrines. And then use the shrine, like go to it and light incense or offer flowers. And then just like in the, in the hecticness of, of a day, just pause and say, yeah, there is freedom. There is enlightenment. So that you use the shrine really skillfully rather than just dust it every two weeks. <laughs> I, had a, I, had a, I had a friend, and she does a joke I always like, but she had... Um, she had done a retreat, and she was determined. She had done a 10-day retreat. She was determined, I'm going to meditate every day. 
I'm going to meditate two hours every day. Everyone says that. Um, and she said for the first week she did two hours every day. And then one hour. And then after two weeks she did half an hour. Then after three months it was five minutes. And then she joked, she said, and then after six months I waved to the Buddha as it went to work. <laughs> so you, you want to make it more than that, don't you? And so the shrine, the shrine is a way of pausing. I noticed some people were bowing to the, to the uh, Buddha out here. Um, you pause, you bring your mind to stillness. And that stillness and that awakeness is what we mean by Buddha. Puru huh, in Thai. Puru, you know what's going on, you're awake to what's going on. So let, let, let us uh, kind of really rejoice in this day, in, in, uh, in our good kamma, to have a teacher like the Buddha, and that we have a lineage of, of practitioners who are kind of sincere in that. <laughs>